God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me read briefly again Jeremiah 23, the first verse. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. God had set up kings to lead his people. His people were value to them, to him. He loved his people so much that he, he gave them a kingdom where they could can live peacefully, but it got to a point where God said this. He said, whoa. Not in a sense of slow down. Not in a sense of, of shock or surprise, but, but woe to you, shepherds, he says, because you have scattered my sheep. I'll share this story with you as passed to me. This is secondhand. But back in Antigua, where I used to live, and this is far beyond when I was there, every year, or every other year, a pastor would go on vacation called a furlough. Two months they would go on vacation to see their family in the States and to spend time um, just relaxing. And so one year, a pastor asked one of the people, the teachers down in Antigua, could you watch my animals for me? I'm going to be gone for two months. Can you watch them? And in exchange, you can use my vehicle. Turned out a month later, that man was driving around in the vehicle when a light went on. He forgot about the animals for a month. The animals were valuable, valuable to the pastor and the family. They loved their animals. They, they were family animals. And so he went over to see how the animals were doing. They were alive. But there were carcasses of rats everywhere. They, they finally turned to, to hunting to find their food. And all of a sudden, he realized how he had neglected his duty to care for the very thing that was valuable to the people he was caring for. We always get the sense of that when we have someone care for something that we find valuable. So where we put our money, we, we make sure the bank that we are investing in has very good ratings. Where, where we have people care for our house, we, we look at reviews where people are caring for our children. We're always wondering, are they caring for our children enough or are they neglecting them? Because we value them so much. Today, God had to say, woe to you shepherds. In a sense of a curse that no blessings are going to be poured on them because they have done something that was inconceivable, that was horrible, that was morally, morally reprehensible because these kings, these shepherds took advantage of the very people that God loved. And it started for their apathy towards their spiritual well-being. In fact, these kings said to the people, why don't you come with us and we'll serve these other gods besides the one true god, gods called Baal, gods called Ashtoreth. And from there we begin to see the decline of Israel and its kings. As God says to his people in the previous verse, he says, at some point, people from every nation will pass by this city and ask one another, why has the Lord done such, this, such a thing to this great city? And the answer will be, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and have worshipped and served other gods. They were spiritually bankrupt. 
the leaders were, which led to the nation being spiritually bankrupt themselves, which led them to be morally bankrupt, to, to, to leading them to be even society bankrupt. Where these kings were growing their vast fortunes off the backs of the very people that God loved, even Jeremiah is saying that these kings were asking for rooms, second-story rooms that had big windows, certainly a luxury back then, and they would not pay those who built them. Woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his countrymen work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. These shepherds were bankrupt, spiritually, morally bankrupt. And the people were going to face the consequences. Literally, they would be scattered. Nations like Babylon would come and destroy Jerusalem and destroy the temple, and they would be taken away from their home, which was absolutely devastating for them. It's not like our home, if we were taken away from our home, it's completely different because their home there, that they had so much invested in their home, it was this. If they were taken from their home, they were taken from the promise that God had given, that a Savior would come from their line and be born in Bethlehem in a city in Judea. And so the good with the bad were taken away. People like Daniel, morally upright and faithful to God, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego were all taken away because these shepherds, these leaders, had scattered the flock. And God says to them, Therefore, because you have scattered my people, my flock, and driven them away and have been not, not bestowed care on them, I will punish I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. That's a lot of weight for leaders to carry. To care for the, the flock, to watch over them, a big responsibility. But it turns out they were more there for having the prestige of being a king. The, the glory of, of ruling over people. Martin Luther says, says this. Those wicked shepherds thought in terms of not attending to the things as seen through the lens of God's word, but rather through its appearance and the glory it could impart. The thing a shepherd should be doing is attending the flock, but these shepherds do not wish to attend the flock, but only to want to appear to be doing so. In fact, they are not shepherds at all. They are accidental and not authentic shepherds. If you will, who wants all the prestige of the office, but not the inconvenience of the actual duties? That's a large indictment. It's an indictment we can bring today as God uses pastors and teachers as shepherds of the flock for today and so we look around and we ask ourselves are we being faithful shepherds as pastors and as teachers and sometimes we see as if we are not 
that though people may not be physically scattered, spiritually they are so scattered because their shepherds and their teachers and their leaders aren't giving them the very thing that God would have them give. The Word of God. And in that Word, Christ. And so they might sit in the pew and they, they might sing praises, but inside they are torn apart, they are disgusted, they are lost, they are scattered because Christ is not there to soothe their souls and God says, I will hold those accountable who decide to, to make themselves great on behalf or because of the people they serve. Who would rather stand and find the glory of standing there before people than rather turning around and serving the very people they were called to serve in obedience. As we dig deep into this sin. You know what we also find is not just for shepherds and leaders, but it's a sin that we find in our own lives. You see, God has saved us and redeemed us. We know it. And we picture ourselves as a, a trophy that God has won uh, from death, a victory, and uh, as if we're on a, a trophy shelf and we should rejoice that God has loved us so much that he has taken us from sin and has given us life, eternal life. But then, do we just stand here as Christians because of the title? Are we, are we happy with just that title of being saved and being a Christian? Or is there more to Christianity that God calls us to? To the lost to the scattered. When we look at our own actions, we begin to wonder, are we too scattering? Are we too neglecting? Are we just so happy to be saved by Christ that we don't want to be inconvenienced by the calling he has given us? Are we so happy to be Christians that we go out in the world and, and we call people to, to come and meet us where we are, upon our highest standard. So often that's the case. When people don't have the same Christian values that we think they should have, we often turn a cold shoulder to them. Maybe in, not intentionally, sometimes intentionally, but we turn a cold shoulder to them saying, until you change, I'm not going to give you the light of day. And yet they're scattered. They're lost. Maybe we see a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, a family member who is really struggling to find some sort of peace in their life, some sort of compassion and yet we look at ourselves and say, I'm fine, I'm on God's trophy shelf. They'll figure it out for themselves. It's not my duty. Then we begin to look at ourselves and we think, maybe this woe, this curse, should be on us. Because people are scattered because of our actions or inactions. There are opportunities that you see and have seen that we know we haven't taken advantage of 
people who are hurting, people who are questioning, people who are in pain, but for the sake of our own lives and our own schedules and our own time, so often we say, forget about it. Sometimes we look at the church and we, we think the same thing. Is it because of us? But then we hear God's words again to us. As he goes on saying in verse 3, and he gives us this, this great assurance for us in our lives where he says, I myself will gather remnant out of my flock, out of all the countries where I have driven them. I will bring them back to their pasture. Will they, they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Leaders to the church are important. As people, Christians of the church, we're important. But God says, the church does not rise and fall on its people. It rises and falls on me. Here's a very interesting thing about this all. That the story about Antigua, no one realized it happened until they saw it. God, in Jeremiah, he saw it. He saw it happening. Today, God sees it happening where, where people who are, are scared away, first they're, they're they're physically, spiritually scattered, wondering where Christ is, and then they're, they're actually physically scattered. They don't come to hear God's word anymore. They f try to find it somewhere else, but God sees it. He sees it happening, and still he has a plan. He says, I will call them back, and I will give them shepherds, and I will teach them, and I will give them exactly what they need, because I value them, and I love them. And he does it in the most peculiar, peculiar way. Where he says, I will send the Lord our righteousness. Here's what brings us confidence as Christians. Looking at our actions and our deeds, certainly we have failed. Certainly we have scattered. Certainly we have neglected. But Christ has given us his righteousness. You see, when he came, he didn't stand up as someone who everyone should bow down to. He stood up as a servant of all. Not calling people to, to come and meet his moral standards, but he went to them to the tax collectors, to the, the prostitutes, to the thieves. He went down to them and he came down to you and me who are just as sinful as anyone else in this world and he said, your righteousness, it has to come from outside of you. You can't produce it yourself. You can't make this church thing work. I do. And I do it by giving you my righteousness. When we see that, we're rattled. Because we see just how Christ has reached every single person. 
we may not be comfortable with them. We not, may not be familiar with them, but the world is lost and scattered and confused. And God says to us, I give you the very tools to go and reach them, my own righteousness. Go reach them with that. Not your, your own charismatic self, not, not your ability to connect with people, but go reach them with Christ because there is where they will find the pasture I have given to them. It's amazing how valuable every single person is to God. And seeing that gospel and seeing that word changes and allows us to see for ourselves how every single person is so valuable to God that we're willing to step down from what we think is where people should be morally to go meet them where they are, as immoral as they are, as sinful as they are, to share with them Christ's righteousness. God has a plan. God is watching over his flock. And there's not one that will not be taken back into the pasture. And we thank God that he works that not only through you, but through shepherds and leaders. So that we see in ourselves how much God can value us too. God saw it all. He saw how things crumbled apart. He saw how, how morally corrupt we are at times, and yet he continues to assure us of his righteousness. He tears us away from sin, tears us away from, like he did for Daniel and the Israelites from their hometown, to see how much we need his promises and his hope. And I pray that God does that every day of our lives, tearing us from ourselves and bringing us again to his righteousness. In Jesus' name, he does that. Amen. Please stand. We continue on a by confessing our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed printed for you on page six, page five in your bulletin. We confess our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down, incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. Sake crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead.
and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. 